Next up, we are going to talk about Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection. There's going to be a two-for shorty, so strap in, buckle up, get ready for a pretty good one, and then a, hmm, okay one with water. Uh, <laughs> yeah, put your goggles on. Put your goggles on. <laughs> Ignition sequence start. Six, five. Alien 3 comes out in 92, and this movie takes a completely different approach. So, like, all that stuff from that second movie, we're going to erase that. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna kill Hicks, we're going to kill Newt, and we're going to put a facehugger in Sigourney Weaver. And we're going to crash land her, isolate her on a prison planet, and have a single alien again. Mm-hmm. And this is one of David Fincher's first films. Right. He, he was brought in at the last minute to direct this thing. He He literally had, like, two weeks to prepare for this because they they had fired some other people. This had gone through numerous rewrites because nobody could figure it out. This almost went back to the original concept of monks in a tree fort flying through space. Mm-hmm. So now we're on a prison planet, all men, no weapons. And it, it, it brings it back to more of the first one. This one is way dirtier, way grittier, way right. oranger. Um, one alien. One alien. And really the biggest thing that this brings in is this brings the concept of the company to a reality, the Whalen sure. company. I keep wanting to call it the Whalen Nakatomi. <laughs> <laughs> same universe. Die Hard and Alien are the same universe. <laughs> um, it brings the company to a reality. It expands on the ecology that if a facehugger gets on other creatures, different things happen. Right. Which I like. I appreciate that. Sure. Um, and... We see Sigourney Weaver almost give up. Like, her badassery has, has mm-hmm. run out. Yeah, yeah. And she kind of succumbs to her fate here. And that is pretty pretty wild. And I think the movie succeeds on those levels, but also has a lot of, you know, you go from the machine guns and glory of the second movie and kind of bring it back to reality with this sort of... Uh, very subdued version of Aliens. Um, another interesting fun fact, at the time, this was the largest indoor set ever built. Oh, is that true? Yeah. It was I believe huge. that. Huge. Because there were some big parts of that. Yeah, the smelting rooms and the, mm-hmm. the big lava machinery and all the hallways, and they yeah. built a gigantic set for this. I saw that in theaters with my dad, because mm-hmm. at that point, my parents always let me watch a lot of good stuff, even when I was little. But I still didn't appreciate the, the 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 thriller aspect of the movies yet. I just wanted action. Yeah. And coming off of Aliens... You had seen it at that point. Yeah, oh, for sure. I'd seen the first two. This one was way more towards the first one where it was like, we don't have any guns. So mm-hmm. automatically as 92, I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. I saw it in theaters as a 10-year-old. I was like, I rather than be fighting, shooting multiple aliens than yeah. trying to get one alien, you know? Um as an adult, I no longer feel that way. I think Alien 3 has its fair, fair, more than fair share of problems, yeah. but it's awesome. It's really well done. It, and, it, and I do like 
there's certain I guess you there's certain times you could take, especially an established franchise, and say this person's directing, shooting, casting, etc. doesn't fit into that universe. Fincher actually did a good job, I thought. I thought that yeah. actually looked pretty cool. I, I think it looked really cool. Um, this is where the franchise starts to lose, I think, some of its character. A lot mm-hmm. of those characters you don't care about. They're all there to be, from, in my idea, in my mind, to get eaten by the alien, to get messed up. Sure, yeah, alien. yeah, I agree. Like, there's really... Honestly, other than Ripley, I couldn't tell you any one character's actual name. Right, I agree. There's the bald, the bald guy in charge... There's the doctor guy that she has sex with. Right. And then there's the goggles doctor. guy. <laughs> the, bone, the who? <laughs> the goggles guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. The character that puts on goggles to do anything very dramatically. Um, <laughs> but other than that, like, I, I don't know their names. I, I can't remember, like, anything about them, what they like. No, there's nothing they... to... And I don't know that they developed that shit super hard either. No. And it's really just a vehicle to have... Ripley be alone again right. in an isolated area and, and battle the alien, um, and it it has one it does have one of the most iconic moments in in the whole franchise. You know, it has its moment where she's in the hospital room and the alien comes for her and it sticks its second mouth up and it mm-hmm. comes inches from her face and she leans against the wall preparing for death and then it leaves mm-hmm. and it's like that. That's a pretty cool scene. Yeah, it's cool. And it, 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 it showcases the effect that they're trying to do. Um, it explains, like, like spoiler alert, it doesn't want to kill her because she is impregnated. Yeah. I don't remember if in that scene, if we as the audience know that or not yet, but it's a pretty interesting twist. You're now in the third movie, the second sequel, the third installment of this franchise. Yeah. What do you do to shake it up? What do you do to make it different? make her pregnant, which means that they're not going to kill her. Yeah. That introduces a new thing. And then at the, you know, spoiler alert, at the end she jumps into a lava pit as this thing bursts out of her mm-hmm. and she holds it and dies in this very, you know, Christ-like moment and jumps into the lava. Um, luckily she doesn't give the thumbs up as, as she's <laughs> yeah. fall, falling in. But um, that movie also, we, we meet Lance Hendrickson, the human, who is in charge of the Whalen company and wants the alien. He shows up, which leads me a question. So he made robots that look like him as Bishop. He looks, you know, Lance Hendrickson is the alien Bishop in the second movie. This is human alien, the human version of Lance Hendrickson. Was there at some point the owner of the company was ran by Bilbo Baggins? Is every owner of the company just make the robots look like themselves? Because as we see in Prometheus, <laughs> he just, you know, the guy from Memento just keeps making aliens, robots that look like him. Right. So, like, is every owner of the company, that's the model that they produce, or ones that just look like him? That's what you get? That's the perk of being the boss of the Whaley Corporation? I was going to say, I'm not going to lie. If I ran an Android company, they would all be handsome-ass ginger robots. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, they would. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that that's that's what I would do. So I'm it gonna, does. It I'll does, speak for Wayland. Yes. Yes. <laughs> begs me to question. But yeah, that movie ended, and again, there was a, a pretty decent gap of time where they're like, "Well, what the fuck do we do?" And then they made Alien Resurrection. <laughs> now, this was 1997. 
And this was the first Alien movie that I got to see in theaters. And, you know, Winona Ryder was at the height of her fame in the 90s. And they got an auteur director, Jean-Pierre Jeunet. Sure. Probably like, like not you how you say that. But he did some great movies like uh, City of Lost Children, Amelie, Delicatessen. He's done some some very cool, very stylized... Wait, the same guy who did Amelie did Alien Resurrection? Yes. Huh. Awesome. I don't think I knew that. Have you seen City of Lost Children? Yes. And, like, again, like, super That makes stylized. more sense. Yeah. I get that. I get yeah. that. And they brought him to make Alien Resurrection. And, you know, Ron Perlman's in it, who's awesome. I pretty much love everything he does. Right. And Space Smugglers. Right. I mean, I like this movie, but I understand a lot of people don't. And I kind of get why. But again, as we've mentioned, the suspension of disbelief is like a balloon that keeps sinking. But for me, every now and then, there's something that can pop it back up sure, in the air sure. again. And Alien Resurrection has all these tentpole scenes in it that make up for a lot of the bullshit in between. Yeah, I'll give you that. I see what you're saying. Um, I mean, Winona Ryder is there to kill Clone Ripley. The space pirates are bringing, smuggling humans to these scientists to make more aliens. And these alien scientists are just trying to get a queen alien so they can make more weapons mm-hmm. for the Wayland Corporation. And that's a pretty cool premise. It is. It is a cool premise. And it's something that's like, you should take the... You don't have to reinvent the wheel every time, but you can't keep remaking Alien, right? Yeah. Alien 3 was very, very close for Alien 1. Yeah. Very, very close to Alien 1. So if in Alien 4, mm-hmm. you just have another character, whether it's a clone of Ripley or not, stuck somewhere where there's an alien, yeah. it's gonna, it might feel a little stale. Well, and this one tried to, I mean, it had multiple aliens, and it brought the guns back. Yep. Um, and I think it has character. I mean, I can't remember their names, but I really enjoyed the, the characters of Winona Ryder and Ron Perlman and their team of, of, I mean, Brad Dwarf's in it. Yeah, Brad The bad guy from The Crow. Yeah. He was great (laughs) in it. And, yeah, the interesting smugglers. And, I mean, we get back into crawling through hallways Dots on a radar, machine guns. Yep. Um, this is the first time we have a lot of CG aliens. Yep. I think that definitely may have started to be a little a little rough at the time. Like, CG was good, but wasn't great. Right. Um, man, that scene where they're underwater, though, being chased. I was going to say, first of all, rad. that's something new. We haven't seen that before, right? We've, yeah. We haven't seen them in a couple different terrains. Water is one of them. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I thought that was done really, really well. Good scene. Um, our buddy Barry, he, he excuses everything else that that movie does wrong because of that one scene. See? He thinks that's like tentpole. You said yeah. tentpole. He thinks that saves that whole movie. I don't know that the movie needs saving or anything. And that is a super cool scene. I, yeah. I do think that's cool. Um, there are a ton of really cool practical effects in it. Yep. Some really, really cool stuff. Um, Joss Whedon had a good hand in writing that. Yeah. And as far as his writing goes, 
I usually either really, really like it or really, really can't, can't get into it. And that's weird because it's kind of a little bit of both. There's, I, I'm into it. I'm, I think that's a fun movie, but it's not my favorite. I don't like a lot of the choices that were made um, with characters and what they do and what they say and how they act and stuff. Yeah, but they, get a, they, get, they get a little cartoonish in a way that isn't real. You know what it is? Yeah. It's very similar to like the Kenner Aliens toys that came out. Yes. It's almost like they were almost going to be for that movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. movie is almost Guardians of the Galaxy Aliens version. Yes, there are know? a lot of jokes and setups. Yeah. Set like <coughs> why are we talking like this? Oh, to get this punchline. Right. And right. the first Alien movie doesn't have any of that. Correct. The second Alien movie has a little bit of that, but it's not about the setup for the joke. The joke is part of how that person talks all the time. Correct, correct. Uh, Bill Paxton character always talks like that. He never falters. And then the third one doesn't have anything like that because right. it's close to the first one. But then Alien Resurrection, there are setups, an entire scene set up so that Sigourney Weaver can throw a basketball over her shoulder and make that shot. That whole scene is just for that setup. And Mm -hmm. I guess it's to show that she's super strong and superhuman, but how many ways are there to show that without having an entire scene about basketball? Sure. Right. Because she's basically a Harlem Globetrotter in this movie. Right. You know, they don't show, yeah, that's that, that they just show that she's super good at basketball. Fun fact, she actually makes that shot. I'm sure all the real nerds know that, but she actually makes this shot. After a bunch of takes, she's like, give me one like more. Like no look over her, her shoulder. Huge backwards. no look over the shoulder. And they have to cut the shot early because Ron Perlman loses his shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, that's a fun one. I'm trying to think of any other... Th- oh, and then you have... A, I mean, there's a very big deal at the end of that where... Yeah. There's an alien queen involved. There's mm-hmm. genetic splicing involved. There's cloning involved. Oh, but that le- before we get to the end, can we get to the cloning scene? Yeah, yeah. You you should you should say that. Okay. You should set that. It has up. one of my favorite scenes, and this has been in other movies now because of this. I mean, this definitely became iconic for this. She finds a room full of the failed experiments of cloning her, mm-hmm. and like some of them are half alien, half her. Some look more alien than. Then Sigourney Weaver. Some look completely Sigourney Weaver, not enough alien. And then she finds one that's just a hot mess of DNA soup lying on a table. And it's all weird and has too many arms and like teeth coming out of her shoulder. And she's still alive. And she's like, kill me. Yeah, it's creepy as fuck. Kill me. And she blows her up. And it is super gnarly. Really awesome, and I think a lot of movies have kind of ripped off that, and a lot of TV shows have ripped off that scene, because it's just shocking and horrifying, but really, so cool. And it is, it's definitely, like, pretty creepy, and it's, yeah. it, uh, it makes sense, like, it works in that movie, a lot of movies, uh, cloning is one of those things, like, time travel, that can so easily be done stupidly, or yeah. so easily fuck up what you're trying to do. That movie did it well. I thought it was oh, yeah. it was fun. It was good. Uh, it made sense in there. I get it. Um, but yeah, I guess Resurrection... Resurrection is hard because that movie strays from the core of Alien more than the other three, I think. Mm-hmm. Even though you want to say... I would say one and three are very similar because it's one alien, a handful of people in one area. Yep. They're kind of stuck there. Yep. 
Aliens. It's a haunted house in space, haunted prison in space. Right. Two genres of movies. Exactly, exactly. And then Aliens is Aliens is more of an action movie. Yep. Resurrection is more of an action movie, I guess I'd say, but it's not exactly the same. It's certainly not the same as as Aliens. But, it's not as big. It tries to take the scope of Aliens sure, 3. Sure, sure. That's a good way to think of it, 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 I guess. It's taking the scope of Aliens 3 with these big set pieces and, and a lot of big moments, but trying to infuse the action of Aliens 2. And, it and and again, I think it just depends on your tolerance for the last 30 minutes of that movie. For which one? Of Alien Resurrection. Yeah, that's to, what I was just going to come up to, I was going to say. I think that this last 30 minutes is really the moment that <clears throat> divides the fans of this I movie agree. and the people who are on board or not on board. Did this movie have enough balloon bops to keep it floating in the air for you? <laughs> or did it fall apart and then you get to this last 30 minutes that really lets it down for you? Or you're like, okay, I'll let it ride because the rest of the movie had underwater aliens and clone monsters I, I think you're right i think you know i was i was thinking of as more of like straying from the center you can you can kind of lose lose grip on what you're about if you go too far from center mm-hmm. and this movie people will be like oh well you know now we have the pirates and now there's clones and now there is aliens in the water and now we have all this stuff. Then it's like, now we have this newborn, I forget what they called it. Is it a newborn alien or uh, uh, hy- a mutant yeah. hybrid alien, right? Because it, it's like the queen alien, because it was taken from human DNA, is actually pregnant with a creature inside of its stomach. So it actually, yeah, it gives birth. It has yeah. a baby. And the alien <coughs> has a skull face. And yeah, it's called they call it the newborn, newborn, newborn mutant. Yeah, and I like the design of it, but I think some of the execution of showing it too much <coughs> did not serve it well. I can understand. I would agree, and I feel like, you, you know, yeah, it, it looks very similar to an alien, mm-hmm. but also has like almost like a pregnant belly because of where like how the legs are situated. Yeah, it's got almost like this little poop belly that yeah, sticks a little poochy out. Belly. Yeah, it's exactly it. And the face is like a skull. I don't know. Let me see. It had nipples. <laughs> it has bat nipples. <laughs> um, it definitely had a little pooch. <laughs> and it had an alien-shaped head, but with a humanoid skull face. So you mm-hmm. had... But it was also... It wasn't a skull because it would emote. It, it, the skull... The, the orbs, the eye orbs, the eye sockets of the skull yeah. would, would, would furrow in when it was... Question. It no, it did not have nipples. I'm looking at a picture. It does. Do you? A toy of it, yeah. It's kind of gross. It's a cool design, though. I, I like the design. I think Steve Wang had a hand in designing it. I can, like yeah. you said, though. Yeah, I here's, can... here's nipples. <laughs> so it has nipples. Guys, just to clarify, <laughs> the alien and alien resurrection if has nipples. If we, can, if we can definitively tell you one thing about this podcast, or one thing from this podcast. <laughs> it has nipples. You're right, though. I feel like you liked it. I think it's an interesting design, and I allow it for the fourth thing in this, the fourth movie in this mm-hmm. franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think other people are like, oh, I can't get on with this now. It's, I was fine it's with a it. big sell. I, I, I will admit, it's a big sell. Like, it's a tough creature to, a tough thing to get behind because it's a big departure. And the way she deals with it is like, it, it 
wants to be hugged and she hugs it out with this creature and then sucks it through an air hole and then you feel really bad for it because it's dying and it's just like mommy why and it you know it's it's when you watch that scene there is a very 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 fine line between seriousness and comedy and specifically in that scene it's very hard to take that scene completely seriously. If you do, it functions. Yeah, but... and it's tough. And I think the creature emoting doesn't help it. But it's it's very weird. But I I dig it. I think it was. I think it makes sense for the plot that they wrote. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There's something about it that that I definitely feel for. It's like this 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 bastard creature that was created, and it mirrors, you know, the fact that. Ripley was created and she doesn't really have anything else. So it's kind of like this Frankenstein monster moment where they kind of deserve each other. But she blows it out the airlock and says, fuck it. (laughs) But then they get home. They get back to Earth. Yeah. And they've never dealt with that after this, that Ripley got back. Right. And I will tell you, of all four of these alien movies, they keep promising this one thing. If this xenomorph gets back to Earth... We are fucked right. with a capital F. There are comics that have dealt with it. And I want to see that. Yeah. God damn it, you've been promising me for years that this would be bad shit if it got back to Earth. Well, I want to see that. I want to see that so bad. And the closest we've ever gotten is some of the Alien versus Predator movies. Right. The Alien versus Predator Requiem got us really close. Mm-hmm. And I was way into it. But not to the scope that I want. That's why I told you I would love to see Roland Emmerich direct a disaster-laden alien movie where it's just like thousands of people being just chased down and hunted by aliens and like giant hives. Like the staple center filled with eggs and face huggers just jumping on people Mm -hmm. to that scope. Sure. um, I think would be the completion of everything we've been told could happen if Xenomorphs get back to Earth. But I don't think that'll ever happen, so... <laughs> uh, I'd watch it. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. Roland Emmerich, if you're listening. <laughs> Hit uh, us up. We'll tell you what you need to do. Oh, yeah, that's true. If you ask us, we'll definitely... We'll, we'll let you know exactly what you should be doing. Ignition sequence start. Six, five... Thanks for listening to our continued series about the Aliens franchise. We just finished up Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection. Let us know what you think. Contact us on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at LaunchpadPod. And next week, we get into the stinkers. The Alien franchise takes a nosedive with Prometheus and Covenant. Stay tuned. We're going to walk through and touch everything. (laughs) Touch it all and play the flute a bunch. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> poke 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 <laughs> <laughs>